Sanbanani Dumalang, good evening and welcome to episode 197 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzaman Dungwa Kumalo. It's the Wednesday edition of the Private Property Podcast. And as usual, we're going to be speaking to the APSA Home Loans team. So if you do have pressing questions that you'd like to pose to them, well, this is your evening. To all our new viewers, welcome on board. It's certainly great to have you join us. Do make sure that you go back to our Facebook as well as YouTube page to catch up on all the great content that we have brought to your screens. And of course, our regular viewers, welcome back. It's always so great to spend every evening at 7 p.m. with you. It always runs like clockwork. I know so many of you even set your alarms to make sure that you tune in. Well, one of the things that you know you always look forward to when you tune in is the great giveaways that we do right here on the show. I am, of course, talking about the Sherlock Holmes competition that we are running for the next 12 weeks. We're on week four. And of course, week four's clue is one that I think is very easy. I think the first three were a bit difficult. Um, I actually struggled trying to crack what they might mean. But this one, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, I know exactly where this might potentially lead. Uh, And of course, if you want to enter that competition, do make sure that you go to www.privateproperty.co.za in order to solve this week's riddle. And this week's riddle is just inland from the mother city in a student town that grows wine. You'll find the three rooms to play in, in a secure estate that's Valhafraden. And that is this week's clue uh, on the Sherlock Holmes competition. We'll be announcing the lucky winner of that 5,000 Rand voucher on Friday, live here on the Private Property Podcast with myself, Zamandungwa Kumalo. But one of the things that we're going to be announcing later on in the show and something that you can look forward to is the lucky winner of the 500 Rand Spot Prize. Remember, every Wednesdays and Thursdays during the duration of the Sherlock Holmes competition, we're going to be giving away 500 Rand in cash. The big catch is you have to be watching us live in order to claim your prize. It's that easy to walk away with cash here on private property. So do make sure that you're always listening and certainly engaging uh, with us. We absolutely love hearing from you. And one of the things that we love doing is making the property circle bigger. I am talking about the other great shows that we've bought um, on your screens or that we bring regularly on your screens later on this evening at 8 PM. You can look forward to the first time home buyers show with SD Clarkson that comes to your screens every single Wednesday. And so if you're a first time home buyer and you still want to brush up on some of your knowledge when it comes to property, then that show is for you. Umbaluno caters to all of us who have green fingers and are exploring a career, perhaps a bit of side hustle in all things agriculture. And you can tune into the farming podcast every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. And over the weekend, Chad brings you the Home Shoppers Show. So if you are shopping for a new property uh, to move into, perhaps you are you know, make, looking for a new home or even a new rental uh, accommodation place that you want to make sure that you rent out to uh, tenants, then that is the show that you want to tune into. Well, that's certainly quite a lot that you can watch here across the private property social media platforms. Keep the conversation going as usual on social media. You can catch myself at Zamantunga underscore K on both Twitter as well as Instagram. Now to get us started with our conversation this evening, it's one that I'm very excited about. Um, I I talk about this quite a lot with a lot of my partners and people who I talk regularly about property to. And this evening we're looking at, you know, and because we're speaking with the APSA Home Loans team, I think they're probably the best placed people to walk us through this specific journey. We're looking at, you know, creating and accessing equity on your bond. And I think this is one of those big things that people often talk about, especially more seasoned investors about, you know, equity in your home loans and how when you have different home loans, there are different ways that you can have equity and also just very creative things that you can do uh, with your home loan facility. And that's what we're going to be exploring this evening because I think it is one of those things that you want to 
be aware of, especially as early as possible if you are planning on buying multiple properties because there are so many different ways uh, that you can play around with the equity uh, in your particular home loan. And to help us better understand and unpack uh, equity in our home loans, I'm joined by somebody who needs no introduction. We've had her here on the show a few times last year, and I know we're going to continue having her this year. And of course, I'm talking about Tuposha Litlape. And we've also got a newbie from the AFSA Home Loans team. Well, newbie to the show, that is. And that is Ukal Vilagazi. Portia, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Zama. Thanks for, for having us. And good evening to the viewers. Thank you, you know, Portia, I, I think I'm going to start with you, Portia, because when, when we talk about home loans, there are always these different sort of creative ways that people talk about how you can access funds in your home loan. And I think for many people who probably don't know a home loan facility very intimately, you kind of think of it as you are paying off this thing, it's this debt that you've taken on, you know, it's going to, you know, probably be for about 240 uh, months and you're paying it off every month. Nobody thinks, well, there's actually a way that you can access funds from this particular, um, you know, facility. Perhaps take us through how customers can use their home loans to access funds. Yes, um, thank you, Zama. So I think a home loan can really be considered a an additional source of funds, right? And I think uh, particularly because interest rates have declined significantly over the past year, this is one of the least expensive uh, products to tap into if you need additional funds. And I think one of the things that is important to mention as well is a lot of us think you access your funds from your home loan only because you want to do home renovations. In most instances, Banks don't tell you what to do with the money. You can do renovations. You can pay for school fees. You can also, you know, set up solar panels. I mean, all of us are struggling with load shedding now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a way of using, of accessing funds in a cheaper way, um, you know. And, and I think what I would like to talk about first is, you know, a lot of us think that when we prepay a home loan, so you pay more than your minimum installment, you won't have access to that, to that money. Right. So at Upsend, most banks also have this product. Um, we call it the Flex Reserve. Uh, other banks have got other naming conventions for it. Basically, it means that every time you prepay on your home loan, we set aside that money into, I will call it the savings pocket for now. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be made available to you if you do need to withdraw it. But the good thing about prepaying on your home loan is that as you prepay, we also take into account the prepaid amounts and your outstanding balance reduces. So in that way, you're also reducing, you know, the interest charges that you're being uh, charged on a month-to-month basis. Mm-mm-mm. And I think, you know, one of the, the, the big perks with that, especially right now, as we're seeing the historically low interest rates, is that you also have the benefit of last year, this time, interest rates were, I think it's what, 3.5% higher than what they currently yeah. are at the moment. And so if we look at almost a year later, you're able to, uh, and let's assume your financial position has for the most part you know, stayed the same. I know many people have unfortunately been negatively affected by the economic effects of uh, COVID-19. But let's assume for those years where your, you know, your financial standing has essentially sort of stayed the same. So you were fortunate not to have uh, lost your job or have a salary cut. You're effectively able to then still pay the exact same amount that you were paying last yeah. year this time um which is what three three and a half percent uh you know less and or three and a half percent more rather and essentially with all these months you would have been paying extra um and i think that's for me one of the big benefits that i always say to viewers at home every time interest rates go down especially if you were comfortably paying your you know your bond payment and you weren't having any issues it wasn't uh you know financially straining you then one of the things that you can potentially do is literally call the bank and say, let the payment stay the same, uh, especially if you also know you don't have the discipline to you know, you manually move the money. I know many of us probably lack that kind of discipline. So just call them up and say, this is the amount and you don't want them to touch it. You don't want it to go down. So that should interest rates go down even further, you know that that's your set amount and you're essentially paying that extra. And, you know, Porsche, I think I actually love how you, you point out that for the most part, banks are not going to say this is what you can use that money for because I think that's also something that scares people because when you think of you know other kinds of loans they're very 
specific type of loans. When you look at, I mean, banks would typically have your student finance, for example, or your car finance. It's for very specific things, um, except, of course, if you're going to take out a personal loan. So I think that's such a big benefit for viewers at home to know that. And I've seen many people actually play around with um, those extra funds for different things, like you're saying, even school fees at the beginning of the year and those sort of things. Absolutely, Zama. And uh, I think what I want to add as well um, is that, you know, when you do have a transaction account with your bank and you've got an internet banking profile, it's actually much easier to access the funds as well. However, if you don't withdraw the funds, you may actually end up paying your home loan sooner, right? Instead of 20 years, you can pay it off in 10 years or 15 years, obviously depending on how much extra you've been paying. So, you know, Kyle, I actually want us to, to talk about, uh, you know, the, this concept of equity before we even talk about, uh, you know, what, what, how people can essentially access that equity. Um, what do we mean when we talk about equity in a home loan? Because I think that's probably a better place to start because not everybody has an understanding of what equity in your home loan could potentially be. Uh, so I don't want us to throw around this word and say it's, you know, it's creative for us to be able to use it without first having a good understanding of what exactly we mean when we talk about equity in your home loan. Absolutely, Zama. So once again, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, I think uh, good evening to all the viewers. Uh, so I think when we talk about equity in absolute terms, uh, we're really looking at um, either a further advance or a re-advance. Uh, typically, what we're talking about with the further advance is looking at uh, a client's outstanding balance and reviewing the current valuation in relation to that outstanding balance. Um, I think beyond that, when we're looking at it from a re-advance standpoint, uh, we're really looking at uh, the original loan amount that was given to the client versus the outstanding balance. So maybe if I can make an example, uh, when we talk about a further advance, theoretically, let's say you've taken out a home loan for about 1 million rand, um, and over time you've been paying it down. Um, say after two years, your valuation on your property is now worth 1.2 million. Theoretically, what we mean is that you are now able to access an amount of 200,000 on your bond by virtue of the escalating value of your property. Um, with a re-advance, um, uh, it looks slightly differently because let's say you also have original loan amount of, say, 1 million rand, and you've also been paying it down for a few years, and now your outstanding balance is 800,000. So with a re-advance, you can access the original amount that you've actually taken up, uh, which is 200,000 in that example, to your original loan amount. Uh, so in absolute terms, uh, that's really how we look at uh, overall equity uh, from a further advance as well as re-advance standpoint. And I mean, if, if we look at the, the example that you've given, Kyle, and I actually really, um, you know, like that example because it, it paints a good picture of how it potentially works. Um, and and I later on, I actually want us to, to probably do a few examples um, and perhaps some of the, the do's and don'ts in the event where people want to, whether choose a re-advance option or a further advance option, um, just so they're almost aware of what to anticipate in terms of the process, but how they should just be thinking through um, trying to access funds in that particular way. When we look at the example that you've, you know, you've essentially just given us right now, does the customer, for example, pay the further advance or the re-advance over the remainder of the loan term? So does it still stay the 240 months or does the term effectively um, you know, become longer because you've now accessed these funds? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I think maybe just a step back, um, just differences between a further advance and a re-advance. Uh, so with a further advance, you're still required to actually undergo a registration uh, because the original uh, amount that's registered at the visa office needs to be extended. Uh, so there are bond registration costs associated with a uh, further advance that you just need to be cognizant of. Uh, and then with the re-advance, uh, by virtue of the fact that you're not actually going back to your extending your original loan amount, uh, you don't necessarily need to go through um, a registration process. And I think for me, it's a much quicker, slicker process to go re-advance uh, just by virtue of the fact that you can access those emergency funds. And if you have to pay your child's uh, university costs, as an example, it's easier and quicker 
to actually look through. Uh, but if you look at your term, I think that comes into play specifically when we're looking at your overall monthly installment to try and make it manageable. Because obviously, it's, it's, it's typically going to increase by virtue of the fact that you're accessing an additional amount over your original loan amount. Um, but I think within APSA, we have what we call a multi-plan product. Uh, we allow our clients uh, to really um, structure that loan or that secondary loan as a secondary account that allows clients the flexibility um, to be able to actually adjust the loan term or the term that they pay that loan over uh, over a given period of time. So theoretically, that secondary loan can be paid over three years, right, in that secondary account. Um, and then it allows you to just facilitate the process a little bit quicker based on your, on your own convenience as the customer. I think one of the things um, that I, I definitely wanted to to get into, Carl and Porsche, um, when we talk about the re-advance, um, I mean the further advance, because the further advance is, I think is one of those products that fascinates me quite a bit. Um, I've seen different, for example, property investors use it relatively creatively in that they will buy a property and a lot of them try to kind of find these gems, right, where the purchase price is significantly uh, low because it's a bit of a fixer upper, but it's actually in a really good area. And the, you know, the relative value of the other properties in the area that are better taken care of is substantially more. So you'll go, you'll obviously apply for, let's say, for a home loan for a particular property. Let's assume this property um, for the purchase price is half a million rands. But in that specific area, and I'll exaggerate it slightly, you wouldn't see these kinds of margins ordinarily. But let's suppose in that area, you're able to get uh, you know, properties that are a million rand with a similar spec. It's just that this one is failure run down and you know, absolute grants the half a million rand loan. I think the first part of the question, then the person you know, revamps the place, it's nice. You're able to get it, we'll say to that 1 million rand value. And when you also look at the similar properties in that specific area, area it justifies that one million rands i think the first thing is after how long can a person who has that you know the bond apply for a further advance because obviously with this one as you said they're going to be registration costs by then they would have obviously done their renovations um, but after how long can you typically then apply for that uh, further advance and i think secondly are they going to need to qualify for it because i can imagine let's say half a million that's what they qualified for, or at max they qualified for seven hundred thousand. But now they want to, you know, have a further advance that values it at a million rands. Do they need to qualify for that million rands in order to be granted that? Thanks. Uh, definitely. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I thought maybe let me take the first part of your question, Zama. And I just want to introduce a concept, right, that is called future bond, right? So how future bond works, and I'm using the example that you illustrated mm -hmm. earlier to say the market value of the property is a million. However, I was lucky enough to get it at 500,000 because let's say it was a distressed property or whatever, right? You can actually go to the deeds office and register a bond at home for a home loan of 500,000 and pay registration fees for that 1 million, right? So what then that means is that after you've purchased your property, you can still come back to the bank and say, I would like a further advance of 500,000 because I do know that from a market value perspective, my property is valued at a million rands. That's another way that one can look at it, especially for investors where they found a good deal in terms of the purchase price. And then I'll allow Kyle to take the, the next uh, part of your question. Thanks. Thanks, Portia. Um, so just to supplement that, I think with all applications, uh, we do do an affordability and credit assessment at the end of the day. And we really need to make sure that uh, the consumer can actually afford that monthly repayment. Um, I think beyond that, uh, we also do a valuation of the property just to assess uh, whether or not there is indeed equity associated with it. So from a regulatory standpoint, I think it's important that we also make sure uh, that we're not setting up any consumer for failure at the end of the day mm. because we want you to yeah, get your home with us and keep it over the period of uh, the term that you take it up with us. Mm. You know, I, I always say to, to people that 
nine out of ten well actually ten ten out of ten times banks don't want to take away your home uh they're not in the business of wanting to own a home so you know repossessing a home is quite a lot of admin quite a lot of money and that's not their core business essentially so they're almost going to do everything possible to make sure that you don't get your home repossessed and that's why we always urge uh you know viewers at home and even everybody that i talk to property about that when you can foresee that you may struggle for example financially to you know uh, pay your home loan, speak to your bank as soon as possible um, because plans can be made as opposed to kind of sitting and, and not making plans because the bank definitely doesn't want to take your money. That's not the business that they're in. They want you to have your home loan and continue servicing it uh, for the duration of the of the term. Now, Portia, when we then look at you know the re-advance as well as the further advance, and I love that you've actually brought uh, through the, the concept of the future bond, because that is another way that, uh, another creative way that I've seen property investors, um, you know, play around with almost making sure they don't pay second uh, bond registration um, costs because you want to, of course, not have to pay it twice. Um, and when you do afford that 1 million rand to register the deeds office, then they just go ahead and, re- and you know, register it. And, and I think it's such a great concept, especially to the investors. I, Oftentimes, people who buy their primary residence don't typically do it. Some do when they, when I've seen where some do it when you've probably bought maybe land or you've bought in a fairly big yard and you know you may want to, you know, build or renovate in future. So then you'll do a future bond because you know that uh, you'll be able to access that those funds at a later stage. So that's definitely a tip for viewers at home that I think explore doing that when you're buying your home loan, uh, especially if you do have that wiggle room in your affordability, um, then definitely do explore doing it, especially as a property in uh, but Portia, when we then look at the, um, you know, both re-advance and the, the the further advance, perhaps take us through how taking um, either one of these products potentially, um, you know, affects your insurance. Because like, oftentimes the insurance, I know, is, is, is pegged at also, you know, how much you're paying. You know, does it have an effect on the insurance that you effectively pay on your property? Yeah, absolutely, Zama. So the bank will always ask for evaluation to be done on on your property, um, subject to approval of your further advance application. And this is really because the bank just wants to make sure that your property has been adequately insured from a property insurance perspective. Um, But I would also say this is also a good time for you to sort of reassess if you are still adequately insured. You know, you don't want to find yourself, uh, you know, underinsured. Anything happens to your property, it burns down or something happens and the replacement cost to build your home up to the level that it was um, is higher than what you've been covered for. So certainly property insurance is important to, re- to consider when you are taking up uh, a further advance. Mm. Um, we are, of course, going to be taking your questions and comments at home. If you have questions and comments about um, whether it's flexi reserve, re advance, further advance, or even a further loan, we're talking about uh, unpacking, creating, and accessing equity on your bond. So, if you've ever had any questions around how you can go about accessing that equity in your home bond, or even creating uh, equity in your home in your home loan, not your home bond, then this is certainly the episode that you want to uh, make sure you do not miss, but also get a really good understanding, especially for people who want to be buying uh, properties this year, especially investment properties because you can already sort of future plan from the get-go. I mean, oftentimes when I when I think about um, these specific products, and as Portia was saying, you know, different banks name them differently, I often wish I knew about it uh, when I first started on my property journey because you are able to, from sort of the first property, know that this is, this is the strategy that you're going to use in terms of the various products that you want to potentially access. So if you know that you're buying a, a property that's valued at X and you might want to uh, you know, tap into the equity into it because the value is higher in the area, you know that you can just register the bond higher. I mean, these, I already have properties where I wish I had done that. And, and the thought of now doing that and having to pay your, your bond registration fees, I'm just like, oh God, you know, I might as well just buy another property altogether. So it's always so beneficial to just know it upfront and play around with how you can structure your property uh, from the get-go. Now, Carl, I think I want to get a sense then, or even from you, Portia, of how do people then go about applying for, you know, a re-advance 
and the further advance because I can almost imagine people already have, you know, a home loan. Is it something that you are, especially when you look at the re-advance, are you applying for it um, at, the, at the onset of your, um, or, or in the early stages rather of your home loan? I mean, a further advance is probably something that you would do at a slightly later stage, uh, but how do people essentially go about applying for it? Thanks, Zama. So maybe I'll take that one. Um, so within APSA, we have a multi-channel strategy, right? So we actually allow clients to engage with us through various channels, be it through what we call our profit, uh, PFSs, uh, property finance specialists, or even through the direct channel. Um, so I think we've actually in- improved our virtual channels uh, to allow um, um, consumers to actually engage with us digitally, either through getting a pre-approval on our website or even doing a full-blown application online through what we call our digital sales platform, uh, where we can actually generate an outcome all the way to what we call an approval in principle. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, um, what we can do is um, still upload those documents that are required, those minimum documents that are required in terms of the actual application, which include, you know, your Pay basic payslip, uh, bank statements if you don't bank with us. Uh, obviously, if you bank with us, it becomes a lot easier because we already have access to a lot of that information. Uh, so I think it becomes easier in that regard. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, outside of that, the same um, parameters that I've mentioned before would, uh, would uh, actually apply in terms of an affordability and credit assessment at the end of the day. And then ultimately, uh, prior to us giving you that final grant and ultimately payout, we still need to do uh, evaluation on the property to assess the equity. Uh, but yeah, we've definitely tried to optimize our digital uh, space to make it easier for uh, consumers to engage with us and to optimize the speed at which uh, we actually finalize both other further advances as well as we advances. We've got a question here coming through from Facebook, and it's coming from Utepo Mukhubudi, who asks, does the re-advance amount consist of only the extra payments you made towards your home loan or the total installments? Uh, Portia, I'll give that one to you. Yeah, so I'll take that one. Thanks, thanks, Amma. So a re-advance, so let's go back to the example that Carl um, illustrated earlier to say, you've got now 200 rents that you've paid down on your home loan, now you want to access it. It means that when the affordability and credit assessments are done, it will take into account on whether you can up, you can qualify or you can afford rather to pay an additional installment on that added um, amount that you are applying for. So certainly you will be required to pay a little bit more on your monthly installment, depending on how you structure your 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 loan, whether you take it on a secondary account or you put it on your primary loan, definitely there will be um, an adjustment in terms of your, your monthly repayment commitments. Mm-hmm. And we've got another question here from Ubangs Sabakwena, uh, also coming through on Facebook. And he's asking, can, he says, may I please have clarity on, uh, now I'm losing the question, oh, there it is. He says, may I please have clarity on the time to pay when it comes to re-advancing and refinance? And I'm going to assume, because Bongs, I, I, I didn't quite understand when you what you meant when you said the time to pay. Um, is that in terms of when the you know the installment essentially comes out or at which point does it become an additional a higher amount that you're going to pay so i think uh, maybe bonds do send us a message just clarifying what you mean exactly by um you know the time to pay and then we'll definitely address that question um, another one that we've got here from also from facebook uspami saying if you've been defaulting with monthly payments on previous bonds your credit score uh, credit score not bad can you get a readvance so your credit score is not bad even though here you had been um, you know defaulting on previous bonds so can you get a readvance yeah so maybe i can take that one um, so I think uh, there are uh, views and risk appetites that we actually look at in terms of granting loans. 
Uh, and obviously, we need to be compliant from an NCA and regulatory standpoint to ensure that when we're granting these loans, we're not necessarily uh, being found to be granting credit recklessly. And even more importantly for me, uh, we don't want to place consumers in a position uh, that uh, we know that they're in default and they can't actually repay over the, the period of the loan. So I think for me, that question boils back to the point around uh, making sure that we run out affordability and credit assessment effectively and uh, really assessing it everything appropriately prior to actually granting that loan so that we make sure uh, that uh, when we give you those additional funds, you can actually service your loan appropriately over the duration of it. When, when, when a banker talks about risk appetite, especially when we're talking about property, I always, you know, I always wish that uh, more bankers had a, a more bullish view when it comes to property, uh, when dealing with property investors in particular, because you sometimes tend to find that you may have a deal that you want financed and they don't quite have the appetite for it. Um, and, and that's and I know different property investors would probably share different sentiments. We always say, look, you, you want to work with the banker who also understands property, because sometimes your banker might not actually understand property. And I'm talking now about your, you know, the, your account banker, your business banker, who has a very fundamental understanding of where you're trying to take your property portfolio. Uh, so that sometimes when you want to be slightly risky, um, they can make sure that they, you know, they motivate uh, with the credit team because I think that's usually where you you want your banker to be to just say to the credit team, listen, I've been with this person. I know they are good for this deal because uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things that uh, you don't always get. But big tip to you know to viewers at home. Get a banker who understands property and understands your property ambitions, um, especially as you get more and more properties, because I think they are the ones who fight for you with the credit team as much as possible, um, especially once you want to start playing on the slightly riskier side uh, where they probably wouldn't give you finance in the early days. But once you've also got a, a good track record, uh, then they can certainly make that business case with the credit team. I've got a question here also from Facebook. It's coming from Utayane Ramano saying, what's the quickest way of paying a bond with APSA? I'm using APSA access bond. Yeah, I'll take that one, uh, Zama. Thank you um, for that question. The quickest, the quickest way really is to make sure the one example is um, the flexi reserve option, which I uh, spoke about earlier, pay more than your minimum installment, right? Um, and secondly is it's easier when you've got a transactional account with the bank because you can transfer from your transactional account when you've got surplus funds that you can, you know, put into your home loan um, so that your interest, your outstanding balance reduces and you save on interest rates. Ultimately, what you want to do is to prepay on your home loan so that your interest rates are not as high as because of your outstanding uh, balance and then you can pay your home loan much sooner. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, Bonds has actually clarified um, his earlier question was may I please get clarity on the time to pay when it comes to re-advancing and refinance and he's gone on to say um, thanks Amma I mean how long are you given to pay in both instances as in the term of the home loan so does the term when you do a re-advance or a further advance uh, does it say 240 does it suddenly you know become more so how do we how do you look at the term perhaps Carl you can take that one Sure. Um, so I think it will be dependent on the client's convenience. And obviously, we factor in things of the monthly installment as well, uh, because we need to make sure that we don't necessarily just leave the term as it is, uh, which would obviously attract the higher installment at the end of the day. Uh, but going back to that um, uh, discussion we had around the multi-plan product, I think we try to give uh, or structure the loan over a secondary account to give clients that flexibility. So based on what you can afford on your installment, you would guide us in terms of uh, what term to actually use on that secondary account uh, that's manageable for you so that you can either pay off that additional amount very soon uh, in three years uh, to the example that I gave before, or even longer than that uh, to try and make sure uh, that you maintain the monthly installments. But typically the overall loans that we give uh, span to a period of 30 years from a home loan standpoint in general. Uh, but uh, obviously we want you to finish your home loan at the end of the day. Uh, so we will be guided by how you are able to actually manage those monthly repayments. Thanks, Rama. Look, Carl, I mean, one of the things I definitely say is I, I know people who are uh, part of the school of thought that says 
we don't pay off home loans and close that facility um, because it, it does become a very cheap way of essentially borrowing money from the bank uh, because you're not going to get personal home loan rates. So sometimes it's, it's worth keeping the facility open because of the different ways you can kind of play around with the facility, especially if you're still relatively young. I think, I think our parents probably have a different view when it comes to you know, home ownership. They want to pay it off, not owe the bank, it's my property. Where I think us younger ones, I mean, I know, for example, I don't really have ambitions of paying, of closing off uh, a home loan facility. I think that's probably not the best use of it, especially considering how you paid for that facility to open, right? And I think often a lot of people, um, that amount ended up being included in your home loan as opposed to you prepaying upfront. So really that interest is also part of the greater interest of your home loan. So you almost need to think of it strategically with, I paid whether it was you know 5,000 for this facility to be open and stay open over these years. Perhaps let me see if I can use it in, um, in different ways. Now, Portia, I think one of the big things as we talk about you know even the difference between us young ones and old ones is when it comes to then life cover with property, because I think it is one of those things where you know it's a necessity, especially when you have a, a home a home loan. How is accessing whether re advance or further advance? Um, how does that affect the life cover um, that people would typically take out uh, for their home loan? Thanks, thanks, Zama. I just want to put a spanner in the works based on your previous comment <laughs> on keeping your 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 bond, um, your home loan account open. And I, I I fully agree with you. If you still want to access equity, you you can keep it open, right? However, if you don't cancel your bond, um, you know, with the deeds office at the end of the term, um, should anything happen to you? God forbid, you know, you pass on, um, you will find yourself in a situation where now your your estate has to also pay uh, cancellation costs for for attorneys to be able to actually cancel those those costs. So if you are in a position where you want to obtain your title deeds, uh, please do uh, go ahead and do that while you while you while you still can, so that you don't leave the burden with with your loved ones. Um, so based on the question that you asked, I think definitely it's important to make sure that, um, you know, using the same principle that you leave your loved ones with with a home should anything happen to you. So if you have applied for, let's say, a further advance and your outstanding balance has increased from 1 million and it's now 1.2 and you were covered for a million rands, it's advisable that you make sure that you reach out to your insurer, um, you reassess your life cover so that your outstanding balance is adequately covered so that should anything happen to to you, um, you will uh, the the insurance will pay off uh, your home loan. If you don't leave your your loved ones without a home. Thanks. Mm-hmm. We've got a question coming here from YouTube. Uh, it's coming from Abby Matteson, and I'll give that one to you, Carl. They ask, "How do I know how much I qualify for at EPSA?" Thanks for that, Zama. Um, so, I mean, in the broader sense, um, what we have is on our platform, our online platforms, we have what's called the home loans uh, estimator. Uh, but it's really a pre-approval uh, that really factors in your income and expenses and also checks into the bureau uh, to be able to give you that sense, even if you don't have a property in mind, right? So I think it's a nice, easy way uh, that you can get a real-time answer. We'll generate a certificate, send it through you digitally. Uh, so that you can actually review how much uh, you can actually qualify for in terms of uh, an application from a home loan standpoint. We've got a great question coming here from Facebook. Carlos Scott asks, my mother is retired. She has equity in her personal house. We want to extract equity to reinvest in investment property. What's the best option for her? How fast would it take to extract the equity? Um, we just asked them a follow-up question in terms of is the house you know, paid up or is it still bonded? It's still currently bonded, but as, as they said, it, they have quite a significant uh, amount of equity. So so how what is the fastest way to extract the equity and you know what are the best options for her uh, in order to be able to do so um, okay I'll... oh okay you can take that one Portia. okay um so i think 
you know, first we have to assess if the title deeds of the property has already been um, taken possession of from, from the bank. Um, and also I think what Carl mentioned, Ellen, maybe Carl can also come in here, is that we have to take into account affordability um, as well as the credit assessment. So when you are retired, um, depending on which age you are, um, we, we, we can consider, um, you know, a, granting um, a loan f- for you. But it will obviously take into account whether that you are getting an income of some sort um, and um, if you will be able to service that loan appropriately. So it starts with where's the title deed today? Does the mother have it already? Um, and can she maybe perhaps transfer the property to, um, you know, their child if they want to, who is in a position to apply for a loan and use the, the product, the, the, the property as security towards that home loan? I mean, one thing I can definitely say, the, the title deed is still with the bank because the property is still bonded. So it, it, the ownership will say still is under the, the, the bank. So let's say they're, they're 18 years into the 20-year term for argument's sake. Um, that's just the sense that I'm getting because we actually asked them a follow-up question of whether the property is still bonded or it's you know completely paid off. So I think for as far as the title deed is concerned, the bank still um, has the title deed at the moment. Yeah. So I think ideally what I can say as well, Zama, is that if we treat every um, application at its own merit, right? So I would say um, she must approach her bank. Um, if it's APSA, please uh, contact us so that we can look at the application and understand exactly what it is that um, we need to solve for. Because like I said, for someone who's retired, I mean, if you're above age 55, etc., you don't have an income, you know, the bank may not be in a position to grant you any further loans uh, because you don't have an income from an affordability perspective. Um, however, we are open to, to, to looking at that particular case and, and providing uh, guidance. Mm-hmm. Carl, I think if I can just bring you in, because one of the questions was, how fast are you able to extract um, the equity? Perhaps not even necessarily in this example uh, in particular, but when we typically look at whether you're doing a re-advance or even a further advance, how fast is the process of accessing um, that equity? Because I'm sure people sometimes may have a very urgent need for the funds, uh, especially if you're not looking at, let's say, doing renovations where you can you know, wait uh, a bit, but where there's a more urgent or pressing um, timeframe in terms of accessing the funds, how quickly is the, the process? Um, definitely, uh, Zama. So I think um, the quickest process is definitely the re-advance uh, because we don't necessarily have a deeds office process or bond registration process that needs to happen. Uh, so theoretically, if we have all the documents in place, that could happen as quickly as five to seven days to the point of actual payout and accessing that equity on the, the bond. Uh, I think the longer process is definitely the further advance. Uh, there are additional costs associated with it, like I've mentioned, but the reason why it takes that much longer is that it needs to go through the formal registration process. So we need to instruct the file to attorneys and they need to follow it through to up until they actually get it registered. I think that roughly can take about a month to two months at maximum in terms of finalizing it uh, from a registration standpoint. Uh, Portia, Carl, as we wrap up, any final tips for viewers at home when it comes to uh, creating and accessing equity in their in their home loan? Uh, Portia, I'll start with you. I think for me, uh, Zama, is um, if you do have extra money sitting somewhere, put it in your home loan you are going to save a lot of money from an interest perspective and make sure that you are set up to be able to transfer the money in and out as and when you need to so that you don't go through the inconvenience of uh, transacting. Mm. Uh, Kyle? Absolutely. So I think just to echo uh, Portia's words, I think it's wiser, in my opinion, to go through the home loan just by virtue of the fact that the interest rates associated with your typical home loan tend to be much lower uh, than what we see in our unsecured portfolio if you take a personal loan and so forth to cover the same emergency. Uh, So I think it it makes a lot more sense uh, to put more money in your home loan and then at a later stage, if you need to, utilize that equity Uh, at a much better interest rate and lower repayments to actually get uh, and deal with whatever emergency that you may be dealing with. And and that's definitely a great place to leave it uh, there. Kyle, Portia, thank you so much for joining us this evening.
Thank, Thank you, you so much. And that is Ukal Vilagas as well as Portia Litlape from the APSA Home Loans team. We have been unpacking, uh, accessing as well as, um, you know, creating equity in your home loan. So if you already have a home loan, well, you definitely are able to have that conversation with your bank. It can be APSA or the other financial institutions uh, about how you can go about accessing equity that you may already have now. And perhaps also just have a conversation about the various products that they do have on their portfolio. Perhaps you can probably find a different way uh, for yourself to maximize your home loan facility and be able to use it for different things. Well, that's it for me, Zamantungwa, and the rest of the Private Property Podcast team. We're back on your screens tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. I do not leave you alone this evening. Uh, of course, it's going to be um, with Esti Klaassen, who brings you the first-time home buyers show but before we do that, and I almost forgot because it's Wednesday, what we'll actually do, we'll take a quick break. I know that we said we're going to do that 500 grand spot prize. See, I nearly went away with your money. Like I literally nearly went away with your money. So we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, we'll do the 500 grand spot prize giveaway. Remember, you have to be watching us live in order to claim the prize. So do stay tuned. We'll be back just after this. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 197 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. Well, it's that time of the evening where we get to give away 500 grand in cash to one lucky viewer at home. Remember, you have to raise your hand in order to claim your prize. Every Wednesday and Thursdays, we give away a spot prize for our Sherlock Holmes competition. And the potential lucky winner of the uh, 500 Rand cash prize this evening is Michaela Danielle. Uh, Michaela Danielle, I am not going to say congratulations yet because we're going to wait for you uh, to make yourself known. So do raise your hand, message us down here below. Uh, if you're watching us live, that is Michaela Danielle. Uh, you potentially going to be walking away with that 500 rand spot prize. And remember, if you want to be like Michaela, uh, potentially, because we wait for her to, to raise her hand, all you have to do is enter our Sherlock Holmes competition. And every Thursdays, uh, every Wednesdays and Thursdays, we give away the 500 rand in cash. It's a spot prize. And the only catch is you need to be watching us live so that during uh, the episode, you can make us know that you are here and claiming your prize. And the bigger prize is, of course, the 5,000 Rand in, uh, in 5,000 Rand voucher that we have that we give away every single Friday. And Michaela Danielle saying, I am here. Uh, so congratulations to Michaela. You walk away with that 500 Rand in cash. Just like that, I was already saying to Guela, I mean, I nearly left uh, to the, tonight's episode without doing the, the spot prize, even though we said we were. I was going to go with the money. <laughs> Maybe we would have 
expected. But of course, we'd never do that because I, we love doing these giveaways. Uh, I think it's great to be able to give away money. Uh, so congratulations there to Michaela. Tomorrow evening, we'll also give away 500 Rand in cash to one lucky viewer. And just like Michaela, make sure that you're watching us live and so that you can be online to let us know that you are here in order to claim your prize. Well, it's now finally uh, the end of the Private Property Podcast with myself, Zamandungwa Kumalo. I'm now going to leave you in the capable hands of SD Carson for the first time home buyers show. I'm Jared Siegel, I'm a local restaurateur and the owner of Jared's Espresso Bar and Eatery in Seapoint. I'm a Cape Town local, Camps Bay born and bred, and I've been living in Sydney, Australia for the last few years. Living abroad, I've always been drawn to the mother city and I've recently decided to come back home. Taking lifestyle factors into consideration, Bantry Bay has been the perfect fit for me. Living on the Atlantic seaboard really resonates with what I'm all about. From the active lifestyle, the amazing food culture, its family-friendly environment, and amazing natural beauty, the quality of life we have on offer is really unique. The Atlantic Seaboard has some of the most beautiful suburbs in the country. With areas like Camps Bay and its world-renowned beach culture, and the recent refurbishment of Seapoint Promenade, it's no wonder our neighborhood has such a global appeal. After a long day of hard work, there's nothing better than taking a walk along Clifton Beach, sharing a moment and watching the sunset. Trying to offer something authentic to the community, I'm not about reinventing the wheel, just doing the classics really well. And this is my neighborhood. <laughs>